Welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring me through the screen here is Smokey Bear himself, Daniel. Hello, hello. We hope everyone out there is staying safe, especially if you live in the states of Washington, Oregon, or California, because they are on fire right now. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. But hey, what better treats to stay inside and watch the movies? Whoop, whoop. Yeah, exactly. That's what what we've been doing. So, yeah, today we are talking an old Chris Nolan film. Since we uh, can't seem to go see the new one because Oregon won't allow theaters to open yet. And we had a drive-thru option for a little bit, but then the fire and smoke made that go away pretty quick. So, yeah, we have not been able to see Tenant. So, we are here with a classic Christopher Nolan film, Insomnia, starring Al Pacino, Robin Williams, and Hilary Swank. Sit back, relax, grab a drink, and let's go to a small town in Alaska. Cheers! Cheers! Okay, Daniel, well, what are you drinking on your end? Uh, I have, what is this? Sierra Nevada Hazy Little Thing IPA. Here's one that I pick up every once in a while. It's pretty good. Let's see the logo. I don't know if I've had that one. What's the logo look like? Huh. I don't know if I have had that one. I so mean, I am of- drinking a brand new Fort George, which is very tasty. Uh, it's called Fresh IPA. It's a seasonal. It's going to be around, I think, only for a little bit. Like, within, like, only a couple of weeks is what the guy at New Season said. So, better get out there and get it. But it is really good. Nice. Mm-hmm. That, I don't know. I always, for the most part, I like Fort George. Like pretty much everything they do. This There's has a, a unique couple. aftertaste to it. I really don't know how to describe it, but it's good. I, I really like it. But yeah, that's what I'm drinking right now. Why don't we uh, get into our segments here? Let's start with movie news. Uh, I know of at least a new trailer that hit, well, this morning, actually. Yeah, we got a couple trailers. Not a lot of other news, but we'll start with that. So first of all, we got the Dune trailer. Yes. Which I've been waiting for because we'd seen screenshots. We've seen like the main characters, saw Oscar Isaac. And so we finally got the trailer. And I have never watched the original Dune, nor have I read the books. So I kind of just know it's kind of like hard sci fi, at least I think. And just watching the trailer, I was just like, dude, this looks fucking crazy. I don't know what this is about. Like, (laughs) that's. that's This is interesting. A three minute trailer that gives nothing away, it felt like. At least me as somebody that's never read the book or watched the original no idea what i'm looking at exactly i know i had no idea what i was looking at i'm like okay well this is like obviously an interspatial i don't know like yeah i feel so dumb trying to describe it because i was watching it with shiloh and she's like what the fuck was that i'm like i don't know i just know like it's kind of a big universe very dense like some harder sci-fi than i normally get into so I looked up the book synopsis and every, the farther I read into the synopsis, the more confused I got. Oh gosh. So I'm like, I, I, I'm I, thinking I, about getting at least the audio of the first book before this comes out, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. Right. And I looked it up because also like Dune has like eight books and this movie is only half of the first book. That's cool. So though. I don't know if they're planning to make a bunch of movies out of the Dune series. I mean, I guess it just depends on how this one goes, but I know they're at least going to finish the entire first book. That's what I was wondering. Is is this movie going to be like various stories from each book 
put together and, and they're telling their own like overall story in the movie or is it just going to be part of a book the first book but okay but that confirms it yeah i gotta say i'm looking forward yeah. to this though you got the director of arrival and blade runner 2049 whoop, whoop. i'm down yeah i mean i'm i'm excited I, to check I, it out. I, 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 kind of hope they'd put it off though till next year here's why because tenant finally came out with i think about around roughly 2000 theaters open and it only made 20 million opening weekend right so people need to get used to going back to the theater first because i want something like this to make a lot of money i mean i want a tenant to make a lot of money and i think warner brothers released it prematurely let things like let things like new mutants go out there and test the waters as far as an audience goes i don't even understand why new mutants wasn't one of the first things they dumped on vod that I, yeah that i don't get either and now they're like they just got dunked on it got shit on nobody went and saw it and we're like yeah you should have just sold it to us for like 10 bucks yep i don't, I don't know but bill and ted did that have a theatrical one or did that just go straight to a video that went on to demand? vod as well okay all right but yeah tenant so the box office is back but not very well or like I said, Oregon is still closed. I think California yeah, yeah. too for theaters, which really blows. Because I was thinking the other day, like, what a great escape from all the smoke we got in the air, than to just go sit in the air conditioned theater and watch a movie. Yeah, that would be nice. I know it's just we've it's just been watching a lot of movies at home or playing games. I've been playing Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> I played that recently too. <laughs> I played that the last couple of days, and I we've got super pissed off because I got to. Yeah, that's not important. That's not important. Uh, uh, Danae and I have been playing Turtles in Time. Yeah, see, that's a fun one. Oh, we were having so much fun playing that. But yeah, so it, I know with wildfires going on, it was definitely not. It's been nice to just like sit down. Like Shiloh and I are already on season four of that '70s show now. Oh, sweet. Yeah, they took it off Netflix, but did they? Yeah, they. It's gone. Really. Yeah, Gosh, that's been there for like five years, I feel like. I know, and they just, I actually read something about it, and they're like, well, you know, we, we figured Netflix wouldn't want to let it go, but it's actually independently owned. It's not owned by Fox. Oh, really? So, yeah. I didn't like, know that. It's owned by Casey Werner, like the company who actually made the show or something. So it's oh, independently owned. What are you doing? So they can shop around wherever they want. Have you been just watching it on DVD or did somebody else pick it up? Yeah, no, I pulled out my fucking, like, crappy little dvd box set that i got from target that's just all of them in individual sleeves but i mean i've I've got at least the first six seasons on dvd from back in the day and thank goodness i so they took it off netflix wow i did not know that it'll probably come back it's gonna come back somewhere the question is where but i think we have all have access in our family to, to enough of the streaming services that we should be able to get it but yeah, I love, so I busted I, I, off my old box set and we've been watching it disc by disc. God, I love that show. Oh, yeah. Love it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. All right. I guess we're technically in the movie news. Uh, but yeah. the second trailer that dropped, dropped today, whoop, was whoop. the Mandalorian Season 2 teaser trailer. It finally happened a yeah. month and a half to two months after people were saying it's going to drop any day. Anytime now. Anytime. And Anytime. here it is. So, what what are your thoughts on it? Um, I the more I see it, I mean, well, it was a very short teaser. Doesn't show a lot, kind of, but I love like the oh, you have to get the child back to its kind. Well, how do I do that? Well, you have to 
actually seek out our old enemy, the Jedi. Jedi. And I'm just like, oh, dude, that's fucking sick. Yes, yes. Oh, and I love it too because it's like it was short and sweet. Didn't give anything away, but give it gave you an epic. Like, oh, I gotta watch this. I gotta see what happens. Yeah, oh, I loved it. I and mean, there's, everything was just so much fun. I love the worlds to go into. Um, more aliens. More aliens. You see uh, some ice world they go into. You see uh, a lot of stormtrooper action, which is cool. Yeah. And one of my favorite parts is, you know, he's having some prolonged dialogue with some people at like, you know, probably at like Smuggler Center, you know, like. Wrestling match? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that, yeah, weren't they at like a wrestling match or some arena, but he's, they, like, he's being threatened and then you just see him like, his little like I forgot what they called them in the first season, but you see it like they're just like the individual darts that just seek out and kill them with, like instantly, and you see those kind of come out and Baby Yoda just slams his crib shut. I like that. I'm like <laughs> he's like oh fuck. I was thinking like hey that was me back in school when the teacher would say would call on me and ask me what I thought of something I'd be like. Whoop. I don't know what you <laughs> But I just love he's like, oh shit, he's got the rockets out. Slams the door shut. Oh, so good. Yes. Ah, oh, can't wait. I can't wait. Yes, I need I need to go watch the first season again. I need to refresh my memory and go see it again. I need to get that sweet ass Lego set that you have, his ship, and build it. <laughs> you gotta I even got like the brickheads with Baby Yoda. Just Heck yeah. it was the only Baby Yoda Lego they had out. I'm gonna get that for my uh car here soon for decoration. Yeah. But yeah, so so excited. I'm so stoked. Hell yeah. So, was there another trailer? I think it was just those two are the big ones that came out in the last week or so. Those are the only trailers I saw. New Bond trailer. The... I guess we didn't... Did we talk about the new Bond trailer before? Oh, I yeah. I guess we did take a week off. But yeah, a new Bond trailer. I'm still just like, yeah, I want to fucking see the movie. <laughs> When's it coming out? Nobody knows. Like, I think it's right now slated for November, but... I don't know. Nobody knows. I really want to see the box office pick up steam again before these big ones come out. Because I want movies like this, Top Gun, Dune, I want them to make good money. Yeah. Well, luckily that this is the last Daniel Craig Bond. Like, this is the last one they're going to make anyway. So even if it bombed, it wouldn't be like we're losing more Daniel Craig Bond. No, but I still want to be. If it's good, I want to be successful. I always want a good movie to win. I know. It's like Top Gun. Would have been amazing this last summer. Made a shit ton of money. So apparently, what can you tell us about Mulan? Has that made any money being on that with their $30 price tag? I don't I don't know if cuz like since it's VOD, like they don't have to tell us box office numbers how much they've sold and I don't think I haven't seen anything saying that they've actually announced how much money Mulan has made because that would have been a anywhere from a 750 to a billion dollar movie so I'm curious what it would have been like what it if it made anything close to that I've heard some uh, so-so reviews about it people aren't too thrilled with it I haven't bothered purchasing and watching it yet yeah when I just yeah neither have I and when I just looked at it it says Mulan's box office is 7.5 million now, I don't know where that's coming from, and I don't know how many theaters that is. Like, if there's any, I don't, that's the thing. I think it's only gotten, if it's gotten released anywhere, it's very, very limited still. Yeah. So, $7.5 million. I didn't even know it was actually in theaters, much less there was a price tag. So, 
who knows? I'm sure it'll make more money and maybe we'll get the amount that Disney made selling the video on demand on Disney Plus. Yeah, that's the number I'm curious about. So, oh boy. Well, I don't know. Hey, at least we got a uh, new rendition of My Reflection from Christina Aguilera. Woo-woo. That was amazing. Well, that's good. I'm glad you like Christina Aguilera. Warm, warms the heart. Yeah, so Mulan, apparently that was its China box office, and apparently it flopped in China. Wow, that's not good. Well, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I, everything I've heard is very like, eh, which I mean, makes sense to me. I've already seen the better move in a movie of every single one of these new live action movies. So I'm not really let down. I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'll watch the original one. The original one still kicks ass. I felt watching the original Lion King last, I think it was on Thanksgiving. <laughs> like, this is so much better than that live action movie we got last year. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the last thing I wrote down uh, was, I because I thought this was just kind of like an eye roll, but in 2021, CBS is all access. You know, their little like premium streaming app that has Star Trek Discovery and Picard. That's it. I think is really their two things. And family um, ties. It's, it's going to be rebranded as Paramount Plus, which sounds worse. And Paramount, I'm tired of Disney Plus, Apple Plus, Paramount Plus. Like, just think of a fucking another name. Right. It's like our name, Plus. Paramount City. I don't know. I mean, Paramount makes good movies for the most part. Great stuff. They have stuff. a good library, but I, you know, I don't know what type of like, TV shows they own the rights to or anything like that. But I'm just like, all right, I think Family I, Ties, I, come on. I have no idea. It just <laughs> it was just kind of eye rolling. Like you're rebranding it and its name is just plus. plus. I'm like, yeah. Whatever. Peacock has better sound than plus. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much it for movie news. All right. Well, let's move on and let's talk some other things we saw this week. I have two that I saw. One I is have two as well. Let's get into the first one you talked about last time, a documentary on HBO Max right now called Class Action Park about the world's most dangerous theme park. So, oh man, yeah, you were talking about, so I'd seen the interview with, or heard an interview with uh, the son of the owner and you talked about, you had seen it last time and talked about it. I was like, I couldn't wait. I actually that night went and watched it. Oh my gosh. I know. It's like, where do you even start with this place? I, I got to say though, I mean, I love the concept of it. Hey, let's just, let's have a cool water park where, you know, people can just kind of do whatever and have fun. But, oh right. man. Oh, I know. And it's so much more than the water park because they have the water park zone, like essentially a third of the park is water park. Other third is Motor City, and then the other third, I f- forgot what that one was, like the luge and stuff. Yeah, like um, Alpine Slides. Yeah. Things like that. And I got to say, like, I like the idea a lot, because, I mean, even um, they needed to invest a little more into uh, some of the uh, design of things, but even rides where, like, you're going down, like, a water, water slide, hit some air, and come back down, as long as you're guaranteed not to go flying into somebody else and right. break your skull like why not because rides that are 100 percent safe 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 kind of takes the fun out of it 
Well, that's the thing. Most rides are safe, safe, safe. They just always give the illusion of danger. Mm-hmm. Now, there gotta, there's a, definitely something to be said for that. I mean, like, watching some of these, like, I mean, just, like, it, remember watching it, like, when they were testing, like, this loop-de-loop water slide that they just designed themselves. They were kids getting, like, hitting their head and getting their face stuck in the pad, or, like, their teeth stuck in the pad. Yeah, knocking teeth out. Oh, that yeah. was crazy. So kids would go through it, get their teeth knocked out. And then other kids would go through and get come out bloody and scratched and scraped up and like, what the hell? Like something like cut hold of my skin and they, they found out later it was like teeth hanging out inside. Yeah. Oh, I know it's just and again, like is so unimaginable, especially to me, but I think to you too, like in a world that the world that I've ever always known, there's no possible way, even when I was a really little kid born in 1994 like even when i was a really little kid there was absolutely no fucking way a park like this could exist yeah it just would not happen no i i don't know i'm so like back and forth because like people should definitely not be dying in this thing at all at all right. no deaths whatsoever i'm okay with a little bit of scrape your knee kind of stuff though i that i'm okay with that's that, fine that does put a, some fun into it but dying is another thing not only dying but that dying your son being slandered and said no he worked here he wasn't supposed to be doing what he was doing you know like that part was super fucked up and that's uh, that's towards the end of the part like the documentary is is that the parents that were we saw most of the way through yeah and their yeah their son died and then the park owners were like well he was an employee and this was after hours and it was raining so it's not our fault and you're just like we just we just wanted you to pay for his funeral essentially and some restitution i think i don't know i think they got something eventually I don't they remember. did get some settlement but it was only a settlement though yeah yeah oh gosh just so craziness i mean it, i mean one that i thought was hilarious is um they were looking for investors in the for the park they even talked to trump and trump went and took a look at him was like no nah. <laughs> Yeah, I was just like, his lawyer's probably like, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> like, nope, not going to do it. Oh, my God. Like, one of my favorite parts, though, and I loved how they had cartoons for all this stuff, too. Yeah, that was very interesting. I mean, this was a fun documentary. You had a, in, interviews with past employees and past, like, park goers. Uh, but, yeah, the one of my favorite cartoon things was the uh, the room where, like, if you got scraped up, where they would spray stuff on you, like uh, alcohol on you. Yeah. They like made you stand in this circle they drew on the ground, and they had a thing going. If you can stay in the circle, you get a prize. Yeah. <laughs> and but it was so painful. Everybody left the circle except for one guy. Then they like got him a pen or something. Like here's a pen that says Action Park. Yeah, it's definitely something that the teenagers just made up for fun. <laughs> yeah. Because like this hurts like hell. Let's see if people can stay in the circle. But again, I love the idea of this park. But the execution of it, oh my god. Oh, I know. I mean, like, the entire time I was watching it, I'm like, yeah, that's fucking scary as shit to me now, but if I was a teenager, I'd be like, absolutely, I would go to that park. Oh, hell yeah. I mean, there's some stuff I do even today, but uh, I, I don't know. It would just depend. It sounds, so it sounds like, so it ran its course from, what, 1978 all the way to 96 before it finally shut down? I think down. it closed down in 94. But, it, yeah, it got all the way into the 90s. Before it got completely shut down. And I guess, so has, has it been by a different company opened up again, rebranded? 
Yeah, it was just like, it sounds like at the, they mess, message it or mention it at the end of the doc. But I don't know, some company bought it, rebranded, obviously like changed the rides out and stuff to just like a water park. And now it's just, I think a regular ass water park. But yeah, I don't know. But definitely, yeah. So again, I'm glad you loved it. Definitely a fucking documentary to watch. An hour and a half, it's so entertaining. Oh, so worth it. Definitely check it out. Definitely, definitely check it out. All right, yeah. what did you see this week? Well, the first thing I watched was Shiloh and I watched Chicago. She really likes that movie. I had never seen it. I haven't seen it in years, but I own it. <laughs> and she had, well, she had uh, wanted to watch it recently, and I told her it was on HBO. So we watched it, and like, I didn't, like, it's not my favorite musical, but definitely uh, I enjoyed watching it. Like, I had a good time. It wasn't a slog for me. Oh, no. I, I usually say that a lot, but it's just not something that I was super into, but I did really enjoy a lot of aspects of it and um crap what's his name from like pretty woman richard Gere. richard Gere. yeah richard Gere. fucking like classically like handsome richard Gere. he was like awesome it. in it i love Catherine zeta jones in it but richard Gere, like his main like song like when he's like talking about what courtroom is like he's like yeah we just pump up the drama we pump up and i like i make the jurors think what i want them to think we show them what we want them to see and you know he's like the puppet master in his whole mm -hmm. uh song and dance and i'm like that was really cool i really like that but i don't know i watched chicago for the first time enjoyed it i don't know if I, it wouldn't be one that i'd watch a, like all the time but it's definitely enjoyable in 2002 it's, it's no la la land no but it holds up i think i think it's good yeah i've been watching years but it's good yeah, I'd give that a recommend if you like that. If you like musicals and you haven't seen that one, I think it holds up. What's it streaming on right now? It's on HBO. It is Max on HBO. Right okay, now. cool. So, uh, last week, the roommates and I, at least a couple of the roommates and I, watched a film that I had never seen before to this day. A little uh, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan romantic flick called Sleepless in Seattle. Ooh. <laughs> I've still never seen that. Other than knowing it's a, it was a romance flick, I knew nothing about it. And I mean, it was, it was good. Definitely a product of its time. I, you know, it's funny that you say that because I literally <laughs> saw, you said that you'd watch Sleepless in Seattle for the first time. And then randomly on Twitter, I saw somebody be like, Sleepless in Seattle is kind of really creepy. And then somebody linked to like a horror movie cut of the Sleepless in Seattle trailer. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but somebody Cre made creepy as in like she's stalking him kind of stuff. I guess it's kind of like, it's kind of like in the same vein as when they take the laugh tracks out of Ross and they just like show him as a psycho from Friends. Yeah. Like you've seen like trailers like that. It's kind of like that. So I'm like, oh yeah, she's kind of kind of creepy. I mean, it was it was fine. I enjoyed it overall. Um, Tom Hanks, his son was a really fun character. I liked I liked him quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely some sappiness to it. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It was it, it's fine. It's just one of those. It's just a rom com of its time. Like it's just kind of one of those weird little things. You're like, yeah, that's weird now. But if you said you still like the movie, that's fine. Like uh, you got mail before tinder and stuff like that before you could really send photos across the internet and stuff like that log on to dial up internet to talk to your crush yeah 
otherwise, I mean, yeah, you got a gal flying all the way across the uh, country to go meet up with this guy she just heard on the radio. She was engaged to somebody else, too. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like a, the beginning of a mental breakdown. <laughs> yeah. Okay, interesting. Well, I've still never seen it. Maybe I'll eventually check it out. Couple plot holes in it, but other than that, no, it was fine. Nothing I, I mean, nothing I'd be like dying to see again anytime no say soon. Anything. But, but it was fine. Oh, definitely. Oh, God. Say anything is a masterpiece. Are you kidding me? I've, uh, Have you never seen that? No, I've seen it. Okay. Like once. Masterpiece. Okay. All right. I should watch it again. But, okay. So the second watch it again. Watched, <laughs> just because I'm bored inside, but I'm also like, I keep, I've been in the mood for like some Marvel movies because I hadn't really watched any. And then my girlfriend, or, you know, Shiloh and I watched Infinity War and Endgame back to back. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to watch Winter Soldier because hands down, like that's, that's top three for me. Top five, definitely. But it's still just one of my favorite Marvel movies. So I sat down and watched that one. And I was texting you during it. I'm like, man, this movie still kicks ass. <laughs> so you're like, oh, not much else to say about Winter Soldier like that we haven't already said so many times. But I watched it again. And... Oh, gosh. I, I need to see ass. that again. I, I love that movie. It is my favorite Marvel movie, as you can hear by our uh, top 10 of the last 10 years. I mean, I love the Winter Soldier so much. It's just so much fun. It kicks so much ass. Just and so it was the Russo Brothers debut, and they're like, okay, we'll give you Civil War. We'll give you the mini Avengers movie. Oh, you knocked that out of the park? Here's the fucking Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. They're like, all right. Cool. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, I hope they get brought back for something else. Although I will say I am definitely still looking forward to Sam Raimi, Doctor Strange. Uh, yeah, me too. I, that Multiverse of Madness is what I'm lo- one of the things I'm looking forward to the most of their slate, too. Oh. far yeah yeah but yeah can't wait for that but yeah i love the word there's just so many good parts in it just uh, i just love the character development in it uh black widow and captain america's brothership in it is great yeah it's just it's great the hand-to-hand combat is i think that's what made them part of what made that movie so good is just the hand-to-hand combat yeah made him more of a soldier (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's just ah man it's so cool and it still gets chills when he fucking chucks his shield. Then he just turns around and catches it with the robotic arm and throws it back. Yeah. That's still just like an oh fuck moment. Yes. It's oh, so, so good. good. If you haven't rewatched that movie. So good. Yeah, everybody needs to go rewatch that one. I, it's one of my favorites. I mean, it's right up there with uh, Civil War, Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. the first Avengers. Yeah. Love it. And that's one of the ones that they have on Disney Plus. So watch it check it out yeah all right well that, i think that wraps it up here for other things we saw this week let's move on here and let's talk our main movie on tap chris Nolan's insomnia All right, Dana. So, had you ever seen this movie before? I have not. This is one of Christopher Nolan's like early movies. This is first movie or is the second movie? Uh, like third or fourth, technically. He did a movie called Following, which was a super independent, low budget film. And then he did Memento, and then Insomnia. Okay. 
All right. Well, okay. So still very early because I remember recently looking up Christopher Nolan movies and seeing that he only made a handful of movies. I don't even think he got to five before he's like, yeah, I want to do Batman. Yep. And which blows my mind. It seems like something you do like in a late stage. But okay. Yeah, no, I'd never seen Insomnia. I still haven't seen Memento either. But he was just like him. Christopher Nolan was on the short list of directors. I need to catch up on all of their movies. So it was when you said Insomnia, I'm like, okay, let's do that. Um, Got an excuse to watch it. Yeah. So I watched it and I really, really liked it. Just very, very brief overdue. But I'm also going to say if you haven't seen it, we're probably, I'm not going to worry about spoilers because this is from 2002. Yes. So we'll just say that if you, I think you're still going to get to it. If you want to watch it, go watch it because it's fucking awesome. I loved it. But just everything that happens, the fact that it takes place in Alaska and some, I mean, it, I don't know. It's still a brief overview. I really, really enjoyed the movie a lot. And I enjoyed, I enjoyed all the characters, or, you know, the main character and all the main characters that you follow. But I just really love before i don't know i just really love the fact that it takes place in alaska during like it's summer months where it just never gets dark yeah so that just washes away any point any like like discernible time passage which made me think would you rather live in a place let's say this was like year round would you rather live in a place that was 22 hours of light and two hours of dark or 22 hours of darkness and only two hours of light i'd still have to go with the light same here, because at the very least, get black curtains. Yeah, I know, but ugh. anyway, I don't know. Constant darkness, I'd go into depression immediately. Exactly. Well, I don't know. So yeah, we watched Insomnia. Never seen it before. Christopher Nolan liked every movie I've seen of his so far. So watching this was a treat. It was definitely, and for a movie that came out, and I think it was 2002, it has yep. not aged like, it feels like it hasn't aged at all. No, this could have been made last year for all we know. Yeah, like, I was just surprised. I'm like, the fidelity looks amazing. Like, I watched it on HBO. Like, it still, like, the picture looked amazing. It was very crisp. And just, it. there's nothing in it that feels like it was made in 2002. Now, other than, like, Hillary Swank's Jeep, that's it. Like, yeah. That's it. That's true. But at the same time, you can still write that off now. It's like, oh, they just live in a small town in Alaska where they don't have new cars. Older cars, yeah. Yeah, it just still Yeah, fits. it feels very fresh still. I hadn't watched this in a long time. I know I did. So th- I saw this back in 2002. Mm-hmm. It was the first Christopher Nolan anything I'd ever seen. The only thing I had going for it for me at the time is I had seen a lot of Robin Williams movies in the 90s up until that point. You know, Doubtfire... Mm-hmm. Good Morning Vietnam, Jumanji, Patch Adams. I'd seen the you know, hook. A lot of, you know, I, I knew who Robin Williams was for sure. Right. Pacino, I had never seen any Pacino movie till that point, but I knew who he was. Swank, the only thing I had seen her in up until that point was The Next Karate Kid in 1994. <laughs> My dad took me to see that one. Nice. <laughs> so, but yeah. So, like, but I'm still sold on that cast. And this was the second movie that year that Robin Williams was in that where he was like more serious trying for the drama role. The other one was one hour photo. So I had seen that first earlier in the year and I thought, okay, it's different seeing him in a drama, but God, he plays this kind of like creepy character pretty good. 
And then to see him in this, I was like, okay, well, I think he's not just a great comedic actor. I think Ryan Williams is a great actor in general. Okay, because it was actually kind of a really fun, unexpected surprise. I've heard about Insomnia a little bit, but I'd never really heard any of the story beats, and I had definitely never heard that Robin Williams was the main antagonist. Okay. Well, well, kind of. But to have him in there in such like a kind of like and not not even playing like a necessarily sinister until like maybe the very end of the movie but like it, yeah he in this movie just like it made sense it was i don't know it was a very good character acting from robin williams for sure mm-hmm. like it you everything in this movie just fits together so well that every i mean and who would have, like, if you told me Al Pacino and Robin Williams are in a movie together now, I'd be like, what the fuck? That doesn't even make any sense in my mind. But it, it makes so much sense when you watch it. I don't know. It, I really liked it a lot. Yeah, it's, it's good. Like, I mean, I enjoyed it back in 2002 quite a bit. That's when I was starting to get into more serious dramas and not so much the big blockbuster, you know, the American Pie of the Summer kind of movies. I was I mean, getting into more serious stuff. What's that? I said we all go through that phase. We all go through that phase. Yeah, I remember grown up. I, I watch grown up things now. Yeah, no, I remember enjoying it quite a bit back in 2002. So when they announced after that too that hey, the director of Insomnia is going to be when Warner Brothers was like hey, the director of Insomnia is going to be directing our next Batman film. I was like, well, okay then. That that actually sounds pretty good. At the very least, he, there's no way he can make a movie as bad as Batman and Robin. Exactly. Because we all know Christopher Nolan from, you know, Batman Begins and on. But, I mean, at that time when they made that announcement, and I was like, you want the director of Insomnia to make your next Batman? Well, okay then. No, I could I could see it being very good. Hopefully it's not just like a drama piece like his last couple movies or like, but I, you know. But anyway, I, I got very excited. Like, okay, I, I, I trust you, Warner Brothers. I think you learned from your mistakes and you're moving on to better things. And they, and they did. I mean, Batman, Batman Begins, amazing. And I need to relit that up, but I'm pretty sure Christopher Nolan came to them as like, I have an idea for Batman. Which Here's how I can make Batman not suck. Yeah, it's like, hey, did you see Insomnia? Well, uh, we're going to do hard-boiled Batman. Which also, man. So yeah, I really want to get into this. I wrote down a lot of scenes in the movie and stuff, but I, I really want to get into like the meat and potatoes of this sure. movie. Sure, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> It was very much like kind of a mind fuck a little bit. Kind of, yeah. I mean, I think that's the point. I mean, if Christopher Nolan's movies kind of are mind fucks. Because one thing I'd totally forgotten about too, I totally forgot about the side story of him killing his partner and trying to cover that up. I had completely forgotten about that. Yeah. Well, I had never known about it. Yeah. But also, like, yeah, when you brought that up, like, okay, we're good. We're not worrying about spoilers. If you haven't seen the movie, don't listen but so when like yeah in the beginning of the movie which again this completely caught me off guard that we start with them being called in and there is some mention of like internal affairs investigating them for but you don't know what it is or what he did and his partner's like yeah you you don't you didn't do anything so you're fine you know but it starts with them going to or arriving in alaska to hunt down a murderer who killed a 17 year old girl mm-hmm. and so i'm like all right i'm in for like a heart like watching it i'm like yes i'm in for a hard-boiled detective in like a small rural town story and i'm in it i'm so ready for this 
And then halfway through, it turns into how am I going to get away with this sort of Mm -hmm. deal? Like kind of flips it. Like, oh, here's the murder. He knows who the murderer is, but he's done something wrong. Like he killed his partner by accident still, but he doesn't want to, because he's like, this just looks bad no matter what angle you're looking at it. Since he's already being investigated and his his partner was going to take a plea deal. But the fact that it just kind of switches, which also kind of made me think of Knives Out, how halfway through it switches from a whodunit to how are you going to get away with it and are they going to get away with it? Which I really liked since I didn't see that coming. And just following this character through his literal insomnia, which at first I thought it was more figurative because they just said, oh yeah, arrived in Alaska where the sun doesn't go down for days. So it's just light all the time. But then to actually get into like, what do you say, like six days straight of no sleep? Yeah, I think by the end, six days straight, no sleep. Which, again, with with a name like Insomnia, and then we mentioned it kind of earlier that since it takes place all in like daylight, essentially, no matter what time of day it is, it kind of adds to the, I have no idea if this is the next day, later in the day, or like early in the morning. The like, day. hey, perfect. Let's go see this kid in school. It's 10 o'clock. Let's go see him. Like, no, yeah. it's 10 o'clock at night. I know. I'm like, uh, oh, which <laughs> added, just adds to the, I have no idea what day it is while I'm watching it because it hasn't gone from night to day, night to day, night to day which also just adds to like his insomnia where he just doesn't know what's going on by the end. Mm-hmm. So, oh my God, I just, I love that the name delivers with a, a great premise and the actual literal insomnia as well, but also just shot in a way that makes me not know what's happening exactly for most of the movie. Yes. It's just, um, I, that really worked for me. I love that. Uh, I mean, meat potatoes. They, I mean, there's just so many good moments. Um, I'm trying, uh, I was trying to think. Uh, I love his interaction with the woman at the uh, hotel. Yes. Which I don't know if you recognize her. She was uh, Audrey from Liar Liar. I didn't recognize her from that. She looked familiar. I don't think it would be her that I'd recognize her from. That's the only but... thing I think I've seen her in. I remember her from Liar Liar. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, I like their interactions. Uh, gosh, so many good scenes. I mean, I don't even know where to start. I mean, you've got, yeah, they're teenage girl's been killed they've been called in to come investigate and i love hillary swank's character she's just trying to like learn along with them like just teach me you know what you know so i can uh, be the best i can in this town yeah and that yeah i really liked hillary swank's character as well like and how she starts and she like her and i think the the main guy Let's play by Al Pacino. I think they get the most character development. Oh, for sure. Besides Robin Williams' character as well. He actually yeah. gets... In a- yeah, we, we don't hear Robin Williams. I think it's like 49 minutes in we finally hear Robin Williams' character speak on the phone. Yeah. But I mean, how, how like sinister is that when you finally heard his voice too? Like, hello, Will. Like, <laughs> I was... Yeah, that was when I was just like... Because it's instantly recognizable voice that I had no idea was in the movie. So I'm like, holy shit, Robin Williams killed that girl? Well, you didn't but, know he was in the movie? No, I didn't. You didn't, you didn't know he was in it? Oh my gosh. 
And he's just like, holy shit, it's Robin Williams. Oh my gosh, that makes it even better in a sense. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, that was just a layer that I didn't know you didn't know that. Oh, so you watched this not knowing he was in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It just added to it, and I was just watching like wait a minute. Like when like the phone calls were nice and creepy, and then when they finally meet in the movie, I'm just like, he seems genuine although by the end of the movie i'm like i think he was maybe lying a bit yeah but like he's just like his character acting like i said it was really good i had no idea he was in it so that was just a treat for me oh, and gosh. i'd never i don't think i've ever watched a robin williams movie where he was he was that kind of character either so this is like the first mm-hmm. experience and this is probably like the best way to experience that type of robin williams oh. That's I. That's so cool. I'm sorry. I'm just so giddy that you didn't know he was in it. I thought you knew ahead of time that he was in it. No. I oh didn't. my gosh. Well, that just makes the surprise that much better. Yeah. It was. I was very excited, which elevated the movie even more. I think because I was just so like, holy shit, no way. <laughs> oh man. Oh, he plays such a good character though, and yeah. But I, I one of my favorite scenes before we get to Rob Williams is when they pull the kid out of class. That's Rain? the first scene I wrote down. Was it Randy? Whatever his name was. God, yeah, I think his name's Randy. And they pull him out of class, and they're talking to him. Their their back and forth was just so good, especially that part where he pulls the desk up to him and really lays it down. Yeah, I mean that that's the like I said that's the first scene I wrote down. Is like like it already starts off kind of tense because it's obviously very serious subject matter. But then yeah, they go and pull him out of school and they just like it was so tense and like i was just like oh you fuck you man like blah blah blah. i'm a teenager fuck you i didn't do shit you got nothing and then he pulls him and he's like like listen you little shit and i absolutely (laughs) fucking love that he just like kind of lays down like the reality of the situation and he's like i know you people think you're too stupid to have been able to do this but are you too stupid to realize that do you really want to be the last person who saw this girl alive do you think that's a good position for you to be in? And he's just like, then his, the whole like tough guy facade just drops. He's like, oh, fuck. All right. So here's what's going on. Yeah. Oh, man. But oh, my God. That was so tense. And he just fucking, yeah. When he just literally pulls him in. And then he, as soon as he does that, he's already just kind of like shaking a little. Then he just destroys him with like that. And oh, my God. That was so good. I was so good. I loved it. It was also nice to, I thought it was kind of funny to see like, when I watched this, I'm like, oh, it's like a young Al Pacino. And then I thought about it, like, by young, I mean, he's probably 60 in this movie. Yeah. He is. He's 60 because he's 80 now. Younger than he was in The Irishman, but yeah. Yeah. But, man, so yeah, that first scene where he pulls him in and just Oh man, that was awesome. I love that interaction. And again, Christopher Nolan dialogue, like movie making, it's always sharp. So the dialogue and like the detective, like even when he's telling stories, everything's very pointed and sharp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think of one of my favorite moments. I mean, I love that scene in the school. I mean, just everything from all the character development. I, mean, I, I think one of my favorite scenes is when they're on, when, uh, Will and Walter, when they're on the ferry together, that interaction was just so good. Oh, and yeah. how that scene ends when he was like, 
wild card holding the tape recorder when he got yeah knowing that he got walter to admit to killing his partner so good i know and again like this movie did a lot to like subvert my expectations like what happened like some things that i thought were gonna happen happened but not in the way that i thought they were gonna happen for instance in that particular moment i'm like okay he's gonna have like a tape recorder on him like will is gonna have a tape recorder on him and he's like i, I just and i figured he'd get him to record some stuff or you know i didn't actually think that um walter's character like robin williams walter was gonna incriminate himself but he just open candidly talks to him so he candidly talks back but i'm like oh man this might be how he pulls him in because he probably is just has a recorder of him that's what i like there it's like i did kill her it was a complete accident but if you want the world to know that you killed your partner you got to help me yes and then that's when it flips out or well not that's not necessarily right when it flips over but that's kind of like oh shit well now he's trying to figure out how to get away like get away with like nobody blaming him for his partner's death but also like trying to figure out how to put this guy away without him incriminating himself and i I don't know i fucking love that and yeah the fairy scene was again something that i yeah definitely wrote down as one of my favorite scenes because man that dialogue was so good and it's like well uh, conversation had a lot of weight to it i love when he figures out who he is when he first figures out who he is and he goes to his house breaks in friendlies the dog or whatever and then yeah just that whole sequence of him going through his house trying to figure out who he is what what is about and stuff like that right but i love after um after the uh, log chase scene which, which that yeah. scene was really good and when Alpacino like falls into the water and all you hear is like kind of like the muted sounds of the water while you hear like the logs above him just slamming just into each other. Yes. I watched this with headphones on. So that just so did I really worked. And I was just like, this is really good. Like the sound design, like this freaky as hell just to listen to yeah, very logs. claustrophobic too. Like you feel yeah. like you're under there with him, like unable to breathe. Like, get me out of here. Get me out of here. Yeah. It's very tense. Like very, the, the like just the sound of it is just, tense me up because i already don't like the ocean and water i guess you're, you're looking around with him like oh my god where's an opening where's an opening where's an opening I know, oh my god i can see this happening then it happens and he's over under there for quite a while before he finally gets well that out. one part he comes up gets like a quick breath of air then has to go back down right before he gets slammed in the head by a log yeah god god yeah no that great, was great scene though but i like how he goes back to walter's house after that the phone rings and he's like i but after you know that you come back to my house make yourself at home feed the dogs yeah i just kind of yeah i love that too he's like yeah yeah pretty roughed up so uh yeah should be some clean towels take a shower you know i just thought i'd let you know that i'm not that dumb i'm not going to come back to my house yeah you know yeah oh man that was i i lo- absolutely love the walter character though in this movie so good um Gosh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of some other scenes that were just stood out. Oh, I mean, well, I'm gonna talk about kind of like thinking about how I like things happen that I didn't think or like happened in a different way. Like when he shoots his partner, 
that was completely unexpected because I knew he was going to shoot the wrong person. I just figured it would be one of the nobody, no-name background cops in the small town that he was in. Mm-hmm. I knew he wasn't going to get the guy this early in the movie because where, where would be the movie? Right. But the fact that he kills his partner kind of just... I didn't. I really didn't think that he was going to get killed that early in the movie. No. And then to also... And not only that, but to be a driving factor throughout the rest of the movie. And it all is like, so like, yeah, like you, you think like, yeah, he's a good cop though. Why wouldn't he just say it was an accident? But then, you know, like, so that's really smart that they already set up that he's kind of under investigation already. So it's just like, okay, so I can't or else this is going to look like I'm trying to erase evidence. Right. Yeah. And already even, under investigation. This would erase evidence. And it could, you know, fuck up my whole retirement plan. Well, so, which I also, like, I, they could have very easily, like, like, said that, like, oh, I don't, I don't want to, you know, lose my pension or some bullshit like that. But to be like, you know, like, he's a truly honorable police officer, pretty much. I mean, you find out why he's under investigation at the end. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. But so he's, yeah, but he's just like, if, I'm thrown into question, then all the people who deserve to be put away would be let go, could be let go. And you can't live with that reality. So, and that's obviously, again, one of the driving factors for why he does everything that he does. And, oh man, just character development for um, Will, that's his name. Yeah, for Will. For yeah, the, the top Will. three characters had the best character development. I I love. I mean, do you want to get into the end here and talk the end that end scene at the cabin? Okay. Um. Let me see. Before we get there, one of the other scenes I wrote down is when he's interrogating the girl's quote unquote best friend. Oh yes, great scene. Not only because yeah, she's like, oh yeah, I'm really like we were like sisters, and I'm like, but you're already dating. Like you're already dating your dead best friend's boyfriend that seems really scummy and then you get into well oh i was cheating i was fucking my best friend's boyfriend behind her back so i'm like okay i figured you were a bitch now you're really a bitch but to get her to confess all that he's just like done with her fucking teenage bullshit and just is playing a game of chicken with a semi truck yes and it, I don't even think it's him who pulls it away. I think it's the girl who actually yanks the steering wheel and gets them to turn. Yeah. I mean, he was testing her to her limit. But yeah, great scene. They pull over. They go to the trash dump. Like, well, here's where your best friend was buried. Yeah, this is where she was found. Under a pile of garbage, like four days, like a handful to of To get her to break down and, and finally just give it all up. Oh, so good. So good. I know. I mean, this is like a great like example of just like a couple technically not a, by the books. It's also not like the complete most outlandish bullshit to get people to confess, but it's still very like feels very real and just like a no nonsense. Like I'm going to get what I need no matter what. Right. The well, he taps me. right into it. Like I'm going to yeah, break her down essentially and get her yeah. to tell her, tell me what I need to know. Yeah. So yeah, her breakdowns, that was a crazy scene. Again, this movie just weaves through its tension so well 
that it builds it, that it relieves it. You know, you get answers to some things and it's just, oh man, that, I love that scene. That was so good. So good. I, we loved, covered I loved him taping lot. up his window, just a little side sizings him taping up his window. Uh, his interaction again with the hotel host, I liked that quite a bit. Yeah. And I also like when uh, Walter's calling Will at the hotel, he's just like, yeah, you know, talking to him about his insomnia. Yeah, how he's got insomnia as well. Oh, have you thrown away the clock yet? I remember when I moved here and I had to put away my clock like only like two days in because it was driving me crazy. You know, and he had already put his clock in like the drawer like the day before or something. Yep, yep. So good. Oh, well, let's talk the ending here and then start wrapping it up a little bit. Um, yeah, what an ending! You know, they we got him down at the. Uh, he he's at like the, his the Walter's lake house. That like that whole climax where because Ellie was her character name, right? Yeah, Ellie. Ellie goes to just what she thinks because he had already been interrogated by the local police and he's not even really a suspect. Which, I love that scene as well too. Yeah, that was a great scene. Yeah, from from about the point of when we first hear Rob Williams' voice and like 49 minutes in to the end is just great. Every scene, magical. Right. So, yeah, so Ellie's like, he's just a person who was involved in Ellie's life and they're just like, oh, maybe we can get some helpful information that will lead us to the killer, you know? And to her, or well, to, or actually at that point is to strengthen their case against the framed boyfriend <laughs> but to have her like going there just thinking she was going to get some things to seeing uh, a dress who I guess belonged to the girl the main like the murder victim and then him just like beat like literally knocking her out immediately mm-hmm. and just Al Pacino like rushing over there too just to, oh man it's just it's so the tension is amazing and even like on his way to save her you're not even sure if she's gonna even savable because at that point you get a lot of visual cues of like his insomnia like he doesn't even like he's almost pretty much delirious because he's been up for six days straight yeah so like could you imagine that yeah he almost dies in the car ride over there yeah I so imagine that I'm like, shit, like at this point, nobody's guaranteed. If he died from his insomnia and then he wasn't able to save somebody because of it, I could see that as a Christopher Nolan ending of a movie. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, oh man, then they, I mean, he gets there. And I, I also love that Walter's like, no, we're on the same side. He's like, no, I, I'm not with you. He's, he doesn't want to collaborate with him. He didn't want you to, to, at the beginning of like their relationship, I guess. And he's just like kind of hits the fever for sure. I just figured he was going to kick in the door and murder him. I thought that's what was going to happen. Yeah. And then confess to everything else after that. Uh, man, that, that scene that when uh, Walter's on the, in the little shack shooting across the way, he gets over there. Then they shoot each other. We see Robin Williams, Walter just roll over and die immediately and fall in the water. Like, oh. You yeah. think maybe Walter's going to live, but then he doesn't. I love that moment though with him and uh, was it uh, Ellie? Ellie, right there. I love that moment. That when okay? Like, that... When she was going to throw the bullet, like this proves you know this proves that you're guilty. So I'm going to toss it, and he's like, "No, 
yeah that takes away that takes what did they say what does he say that takes away from your oh character? he say, he just says simply don't lose your way i wrote don't that lose your way like, yes when he said that i'm just like whoa <laughs> like that was chills moment because yeah we like i mean we glossed over a bunch but like yeah one of the things that we didn't mention was ellie is like figuring out that he's not telling the truth and thinks you know figures out he's hiding some stuff and that or figures out that he killed his partner and he's lying about it mm-hmm. so she has the bullet and yeah that's why she's like i'm just gonna throw the bullet away because no one else believes me and if i throw this away none of this will come back on you and before she's about to compromise her like pretty much compromise what she believes in, he stops her's like don't lose yourself like i did and i shouldn't have right so and great, like that was great just, great moment that like literally like chills i i and wrote that line down he, so i would not forget and i like how he he lets himself like just let me sleep he yeah. passes it he dies and you almost think like, okay, is she going to throw the bowl or not? And then you see her throw, slip the bowl back in the plastic bag. And you're like, oh my God, no, she's not going to lose her way. <laughs> no, she's like, okay, so this, and then that, that's just it. And I'm so glad it ends right there. Cause I couldn't imagine a better way to end this movie. Yes. Oh, like, I was like, I, I could see the perfect ending. Like, I could see like some police interviews or being like, oh, you know, like, or him like filming, like, you know, like, oh, all these, like, inmates were let out because this guy was found to be a dishonest cop, so all of his cases are under review or something like that. But I'm just really glad that it ended on those pretty much really powerful words. It's don't lose your way and let me sleep. And then just, that's it. Yeah. Fade to black. That was perfect. an amazing ending. So perfect, I thought. Yeah. Oh, one thing I didn't talk about that uh, before this scene is him trying to cover his tracks with the gun, taking it to that dead dog, shooting the bullet into the dog, and then tearing it, taking it out of the dog and swapping up the actual bullet. Yeah. Like, I know. And then planting the gun inside the, uh, the oil tank. Yeah. Oh, man. No, it's, it's just, this movie was fucking perfect. It was amazing from start to finish. There were some things that, like I said, Ron Williams was surprised. The fact that it switched from like a manhunt to a how am I going to get away with this mm-hmm. while also not letting him get away with it and everything else. And it was just like, man, it just, all of the tension just drove this movie home to like its amazing climax. And yeah. It was awesome. I mean, this is solid A for me. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, yeah. This is in A all the way. I mean, Christopher Nolan. I mean, this guy knows how to make a movie, and he just knows how to speak to his audience. Yeah. Yeah, it was so good. I'm so glad we watched this. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. sounds like uh, sounds like overall a great experience for you. It, I still, I think it's awesome for whatever reason that you did not know Ron Williams was in this at all. I so did who, who did you know was in it? Did you just know it was just a Christopher Nolan movie? Or who did, did you know anybody was in it? It was Christopher Nolan. It wasn't until I watched it. As soon as I watched it, I'm like, holy shit, that's Al Pacino. You know, like, well, it said Al Pacino. I'm like, oh shit, he's the main guy, I guess. But yeah, no, I didn't really know anything or any any of the cast. So Robin Williams was surprised. Al, when Al Pacino came up, I'm like, oh shit, cool. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into. And I was very happy and surprised with everything that I got. 
I'm glad to, I haven't. I own this movie, but I haven't watched it in a long time. I'm I'm glad we sat down and watched it. It was it's been fun just talking about it. It's it's so good. This is gonna be on like one of those lists of like movies I could watch. I would. I wish I could watch for the first time again. Right. Yeah. For sure. And here, Memento is one of those movies too that like blows your mind the first time. Which we might have to talk about that one soon. I don't know. Someday, I still need to watch it. Be pretty. Fun. Yeah. No. I mean, that sounds like two solid A's for Insomnia. Hopefully, I'm... we can get out and see some Tenant though. Hopefully. God, I want to see that movie. I mean, same. I, it's Christopher Nolan. A- anything he does, I'm I'm gonna watch it and until he like. One side note too. I love the uh, score by uh, David Julian on this. He was he did Christopher Nolan's early films. He did um, the following: Memento, Presti- this one, Prestige, and Cabin in the Woods. Which, yeah, that was a uh, Joss Whedon film. But anyway, kind of movies he's known for for scoring. Yeah, it wasn't until uh, Dark Knight where he took on. Um, it's like you're looking at me to know the name. I have no idea. You should know his name. Hans Zimmer. There we go. Oh, Hans Zimmer. Okay. Yeah. No, I do know. It was a rent. So he, because he had someone else for Batman Begins. Um, now I'm trying to find his name. How, uh, something Howard. Great, great guy, though. Anyway, Hans Zimmer from Dark Knight on, basically. But uh, yeah, this uh, David Julian guy, great score for this movie. Yeah, no, it was. Loved it like, quite a bit. Helped build tension in all kinds of ways. Yeah. All right. Well, that's two recommends from we have right here for Insomnia. Right now, we're just streaming on HBO Max. Check it out. For real. It was awesome. Amazing. And gosh, I just, uh, I want to be teary eyed seeing Rob Williams again. That was one yeah. of those celebrity deaths that hit hard. Yeah, I know. Fucking treasure, Robin Williams. Great actor. What was it, six years ago at least he died? But yeah, that was just, it It was a celebrity death that hit hard. Yeah. I mean, it's always like, oh, that's a bummer when you hear about a celebrity that you admire dying, but death happens to all of us. But when you hear about Robin Williams dying at 60-something, 62, you're just yeah. like, oh. That's fucking sad. It was. Well, you might have, you're gonna have to see a one-hour photo though. I think if you like this, I think you like one-hour photo. Okay. I haven't seen that in years, but that was that came out the same year, so it was two serious Robin William Robin William roles in one year. Nice. But yeah. All right. Well, let's move on here, Daniel. Where can they find us? Find us online movies underscore. You can find us online on Instagram and Twitter, movies underscore brews. I mean, you can let us know what you thought of Insomnia. I know it's from 2002, but it's new to me, so it's probably new to at least a few people. And hey, like Daniel was saying too, this movie's timeless. Yeah, Could have been made this really year. Well. Yeah. Oh, man, Other was... than we all know Rob Williams is no longer with us. <laughs> right, exactly. But damn, yeah. It kicked ass. That, I'm gonna say, I can't keep. I can't not say it. It kicked so much ass. Watch it. Yeah. Oh, I know. Watching at night with the fog, smoke fog all around too. I'm like, this is like the perfect setting for this kind of movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for downloading the show and sharing it with friends. And we will see you again next week on Movies and Brews. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you.